Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Alan Jones. Alan is at the helm of Bambi, a new type of business built on the innovative premise that every small business should have a dedicated HR manager. This concept was derived from Alan's previous experiences working with and growing up around small business owners. A two-time founder, Alan is focused on building an HR powerhouse at Bambi, the first empathy-driven outsourced HR compliance solution for small businesses. Thanks so much for being here today, Alan. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for having me. I've been really excited for this conversation. I am too. This is a topic that we don't cover very often, but I think is critically important for small businesses. And I also believe from what I've heard, um, it's one of those topics where there's a lot of unknowns. So I'm glad we're going to be having this conversation. And I would like to start by asking you if you would talk about why um, small businesses really need an HR department. Yeah, you know, I think the um, it, it's it's funny. HR has got a little bit of a um, depending on who you ask. I think HR means different things to different people. Yeah, um, and that 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 is on the business side. If you're a business owner or operator or leader. Or on the employee side, um, not only does it mean different things to those different audiences, it means different things to the people in those audiences. You know, Absolutely. my you touched on this a little bit. My background is so my you know, my my dad and my mom ran three small businesses growing up, not at the same time, but uh, <laughs> they uh, a pager store in the '90s, back before there was mass consolidation of kind of telecommunications. Um, uh, we, we ran a pager store in Long Beach, California, um, a window tinting business, um, a mini market. And, you know, they were, they were, you know, serial entrepreneur now seems to only apply to tech, but back in the day, you know, serial entrepreneur meant, you know, brick and mortar businesses, um, that you were launching and trying out. And at, at, at no period of time did my family employ an HR professional. And that wasn't without consequence. Um, you know, I think the first, I guess, bright spark for this idea was I was 12 years old. My parents terminated um, someone who they believed had taken $20 from the till, from the register. And the person came back and sued my family for wrongful termination. Ultimately, the, we, they won the lawsuit. But man, was there a ton of fear, right? Like, oh. We did not have a lawyer. We had never had to hire a lawyer before. We, um, uh, we were in the right, so at least, so we thought originally, and then so we learned later to let the person go. But the process that they went about letting the person go was probably flawed, right? 
I think where they where they probably messed up was like how they went about it. Was there an investigation? Was there paperwork? Um, you know, did, did 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 people get their COBRA notifications? And like, there's all this process, especially depending on the state you're in, right? If you're in California, forget about it. Um, but across the country, there's kind of process related to that stuff. Later in life, uh, you know, I ended up going on to other HR-centric technology companies. So I was the head of product at a company called DocStock, which was acquired by Intuit. Um, and then I was the chief marketing officer at ZipRecruiter, one of the largest job boards in the United States. Um, when there were 20 people all the way to 750 people, the company went public last year. And so I know a lot about the topic. I've learned a lot about the topic. And I've specifically learned about small businesses, I think, from a really young age. Here's the problem. Um, there were 5.6 million small to medium-sized businesses in the country. 96% of them do not have an HR manager. Ooh. The consequence, 96%, right? So that, that means, yeah, 60 million employees inside of these companies don't have an objective person to go through to navigate complex situations. And millions of business owners are making decisions inside of those companies without the guidance of a professional. Ooh. Which, you know, the extreme case is, okay, you let someone go, you get sued. But there's middle ground too, which is how do you create a business that operates to best practice? And how do you leverage those best practices to make sure your company hums and the people inside of your company hum, right? And that people know what their jobs are and they understand by a job description what they're supposed to do day to day, that they know by a, you know, a time and attendance policy what happens if they're late three times in a row. Um, that they get feedback from their managers in the way that is constructive and has the high likelihood of sending them on a better path to be more productive. Like those seem like these, like, I don't know, ethereal things, but they, they matter. <laughs> they matter a, a tremendous amount. And so the value that Bambi brings is, is, is square in what I just described. The problem is without those things, they're kind of running in the dark, you know, how many business owners, if, I, you know, if, I, if your audience was here in front of me today, I would poll and I'd say, how many of you have used Google to search uh, for a question related to HR? Oh. My guess is everyone will raise their hand. Yeah. That is the actual fundamental problem, right? Google is not, a, uh, is not the right place to, to deal with that. And most folks have not been able to afford HR. It's just been too expensive. You know, if you're, if you're running a, mechanic shop and you make $70,000 a month, you can't afford to pay $8,000 a month to an HR manager. Um, and so that's the problem and that's how we solve it. Well, and that was going to be my question is, you know, what is stopping small businesses from, from doing it is that they think they have to have an internal department and they don't really feel like they're big enough for one. You mentioned, you know, the cost. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, it's a great question. What's stopping business owners from hiring HR? It's, yeah. it's cost. Um, it's, it's cost and it's, it's simple mathematics, right? And the pain that I have related to managing my teams internally without HR, though, it, though painful and scary and anxiety inducing, um, the cost of $80,000 a year to hire someone full time, yeah. you know, that's four, yeah, that's four employees part-time to a small contracting shop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I totally get that. 
now, I, I want to talk about, like, I think people sort of get the um, compliance part of HR. I'm wondering if you would talk some about how HR creates a better work experience. Yeah, you know, the, the compliance part of HR is actually the, the one that people get caught up on. And it's, yeah. um, and it's, you know, first of all, compliance is a boring word. Who wants to think about <laughs> that, right? Like, yeah. Anything with compliance, tax compliance, banking compliance. <laughs> you know, yeah. you want me to go to sleep, say the word compliance. Um, but I think those are the, you know, compliance is basically the regulatory rules that, you know, our government body has put in place to try and solve for the edge cases of things that can go wrong between an employee and employer. But if you run a company, you actually know that it's, it's about way more than that. So, um, you know, the middle part, as we call it here at Bambi, is the most important. From entry to exit. So when you hire an employee, um, does that employee have a job description? Why are job descriptions important? And follow my, follow my logic here. I'm going to say a bunch of yeah. HR jargon, but I'll try to it, it, like there's a human element that greases the wheels to better process and fluidity and, and productivity inside of these organizations. So you hire a person um, and they, they don't have a job description. Well, you might be thinking like most people think, well, they should know what their job is. Isn't it in the title? Well, the answer to that question is usually no. Yeah. They have an idea of what their job is. But if you haven't taken the time to document and write it out and bullet point it and then agree to it, well, you're leaving a lot to be determined on the fly and it's just unnecessary. And so employees like to know when they're coming in and work every day, what, what's the lane I'm playing in? What am I responsible for? Um, and they want to know that it's not going to change, you know, day to day, just based on how their manager may be feeling. And so like the, just a, sim a simple thing like that is really important. I'll give you another um, Another, um, and this is more around the compliance aspect, and then I'll jump back to what we're talking about, is, you know, how many folks have their employees sign arbitration agreements? Well, an arbitration agreement basically means if for one reason or another, um, the employee decides to, to see your organization, you know, can they go to an arbitrator or do they have to take you to kind of to, to a jury court? What that does is it creates a framework for handling disputes. Super important. Most small businesses don't do it. Yeah. And another element is feedback. <laughs> Man, you know, I think everyone hates the annual review process at the end of the year <laughs> if you work at a large company. Like, who wants to sit down for six hours and write feedback once yeah. a year for employees? And so, like, one area that small business owners fail is them and their managers are so busy. They and their managers are so busy that giving an employee feedback is something that kind of falls by the wayside. But if you're not telling people how they're doing day to day, it's pretty difficult to help them correct their behavior to get to optimal right. performance. What you're banking on is you're going to hire someone and they're going to knock it out of the park right away. But there's a whole middle group of people who with a little bit of additional feedback and correction could have really performed better, but you're leaving it to chance. Um, and so th there's all that soft part of HR, and I'll give you one more, handling complex situations and, it's, and, and handling complex conversations. Um, uh, this one's going to be a little, it's a little weird one, but we deal with it. You know, what if you have an employee that comes in with body odor, body odor right? Like what's, what's the right way to tell that person? Yeah. First of all, 
first of all, do you have the right to tell the person um, something about their body odor? And then it's an uncomfortable conversation. What's the right way to stage that conversation? Um, how many times should you have that discussion with them? And what if you do if maybe that odor is related to the fact that they've been living homeless in their car, barely getting by, right? And these are like, these are not off the wall situations. These are like regular day-to-day -day problems that business owners and employees face all the time. And I think that has nothing to do with compliance. That's just getting guidance to know best practice of how to handle those situations so that everything doesn't have to end in an explosion. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, it so does. And I remember having that situation many years ago when I was the director of operations for a small company and the lead in one of the departments came to me and said, okay, listen, <laughs> this is going on with this person and something has to be done. And I'm thinking, I don't know what we're going to do about that. <laughs> I yep. want to have that conversation with her. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, who wants to have that conversation? No one. No, right. one. no one. And so I think in the absence of like, not only do you, and, and here's, here's actually the problem. What ends up happening is, as business owners, we end up optimizing to the conversations we want to have. Yeah. And we end up, and then we end up shoveling under the rug the conversations we don't want to have. And yeah. part of the reason we shovel those converse, those conversations under the rug is part of the reason we don't want to have them is because we don't know how to have them. Yeah. Right? And so in the absence of the tools to host the conversation, you you actually just don't have it at all. And underneath that rug, things are bubbling up right? Think, yeah. think things are happening. Other people on the team are recognizing that discomfort. Um, and, 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 and you're hoping, man, I hope this doesn't explode. Or man, you know, here's another one. What if someone makes, you know, uh, what if an employee makes another employee feel uncomfortable and you've heard about it? And maybe it doesn't, you know, go all the way to sexual harassment. And maybe it doesn't go all the way to to, uh, you know, to, to discrimination or anything that would hit the kind of compliance vectors, but it does create tremendous discomfort in the organization. Well, that can still be viewed as a hostile work environment if that goes on for a long period of time. And just because you didn't know how to have the conversation, you didn't have it. And so now you've got the, the you know, here's the, the middle part always leads to compliance. So if you don't handle the soft stuff, you can almost guarantee that it will turn into the hard stuff. Well, and that is exactly the key, right? It's pay me now or pay me later. One way or another, you know, you're either going to set up this process so that you don't have those issues down the road, or you're just going to hope and pray that you don't have them, even though when two or more people are working together, the odds go way up that you could. That's exactly right. And listen, you know, uh, my grandma used to say, um, hope and prayer is great, but God's already answered it by giving you tools. So, oh, I love that. <laughs> which means, you know, listen, you know, we, we can hope and pray as much as we want, but, but oftentimes we've been given the tools to handle some of these things. And look, I, I will say that before Bambi, that may not have been true. Um, it, it was, it, it was pretty, yeah. part of the reason we started this company was because we realized that when you were having these complex conversations as a leader or business owner, um, and you searched on a search engine, 
the only results were articles written just for SEO traffic. So they weren't really intended to be helpful. They were intended to, to just draft, to garner a lot of traffic. And we realized that at the, that, that was a dead end for some, for some of these issues. Um, and so look, now there's a, now there's a tool we think that, that really leans into solving some of these problems for SMBs. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. So I'm so glad too, because boy, this is just such a, a big thing. Um, and one of my questions is, can HR like alleviate employee burnout for small businesses? Cause that's like a big problem right now with, with, with a lot of small business, especially after all the years of COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge, it's, it's a huge problem. I think, um, I'll take burnout and kind of blow that out as a, as a one category, but within burnout, there's. Um, just, you know, anxiety, people getting lack of sleep, yeah. not performing better. If you're a truck driver and you're continuously falling asleep at the wheel because, you know, you've been working yeah. way more hours than you could support and you're nervous to talk to your manager about it because you think you may get reduced hours. Uh, you know, th- those type of problems are, are, are present and um, at scale. I think where, I think where HR steps in here is they create the tools so that the business owners and the leaders can solve the problems. But without the tools and the insights that those problems even exist, then the leaders of these companies can't work to help solve them. Um, We have a product here called uh, Employee Voices, and it's really simple. Basically, um, when a business owner subscribes to Bambi, on a monthly basis, Bambi surveys their employees and we say, we prompt them with questions, right? We say, hey, how are you doing this month? Um, hey, how's your rest this month? Um, and then we take all that information that employees give us, we send it back to the Bambi HR manager, and then we funnel it back to the business owner so that they can have insight into what some of the core problems are on the ground. Employees can choose to send that information anonymously or with their name on it. This answers your question by, with, with the following. Yeah. What we do is we, we get the tools so that we can get the insights on the ground and then surface those insights to the business owner so that they can work with HR um, to get them done. What happens is, you know, employees think the, the owner of the company or the leaders of the company, they often think we know everything, right? They're like, oh, Alan knows this is happening or, you know, or Diane knows this is happening. That's not, that's not actually true. Yeah. As you get larger in the, uh, as your companies get bigger, and your title gets bigger, people tell you a little less, right? You, yeah. you just know a little less. So what do you do when, you, when you're the leader of an organization and your awareness of everything happening on the ground, just based on your sheer success, 
starts to evaporate, you have to have tools to kind of reliquidate re that awareness. Um, so yes, HR can help, but ultimately the business owner has to care about the insights to make the move to care about burnout. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, it really does make sense. And and one of the things that I was thinking when you were talking about it is, I think one of the value points of having um, HR, but not just having an HR department, having an outside HR department yep. is that it removes some of the emotion. You know, there's so much emotion around for owners around these conversations and issues and questions. And so they'll avoid them because it's just really uncomfortable, but these don't have to be emotional conversations. They just need to be had. I, I think that's, man, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like um, uh, in a conversation that, um, the conversations that usually make me the most emotional just in my personal life, right? So like this is with my partner at home with my mom are the ones where I, where, where I feel something that I don't know how to define yet. And that could be fear, anxiety, um, ignorance around a topic. Like those are the things that usually make me emotional. And then they reveal themselves in these weird ways, right? You get upset because you feel like someone's accusing you of something. The employee gets upset because they feel like you're not hearing them. Yeah. And so part of the, the, the genius of an external HR resource is it, it, it creates a really kind of laser focused sense of objectivity, um, which is supposed to be what HR is. But look, when you have humans working inside of a company, right. it, you just can't, you can't always get that the way that you want. And so yeah. the objectivity is key. It is so important. That's such a good point. Yeah. It's just all I kept thinking. Cause I know when I deal with small business owners, they, they, this is one of the biggest things that we work with is that they, they want the words for having these conversations. Like they, they want it, the whole thing mapped out because it makes them so uncomfortable to have them. And I'm thinking, okay, any HR department would be better, but as you said, you know, they're human. And a lot of times a relationship develops that can actually interfere with being able to have unemotional, but, but connected and meaningful conversations and keeping the needs of the business at the forefront. I, I think that's exactly right. I'll, I'll give you a really good example. So, um, uh, you know, so you work at a, you run a, you run a tow yard and, um, and turns out, you know, truck, you know, uh, the, the truck driver number one tells you that driver number two has been clocking in but hasn't actually been doing his rounds, right? Um, the, the immediate response from the business owner and, and the leader is normally pretty unsettled, right? They're like, yeah. wow, we've been paying truck driver number two his full wage for you know, the last six months. And you mean to tell me that he's not actually been kind of doing, doing his rounds and um, has been clocking in and not actually working. And then we, we have a tendency as humans to react from a place um, um, of uh, almost uh, preemptive anger, right? So you yeah. draw a conclusion and then you react from a place of being upset based on the conclusion you've drawn. Right. But maybe you've not built the right process to drawing that conclusion. All you really have is one signal from one driver 
who said one thing, which cannot be your entire process for drawing conclusions when you're managing people. And, and that's a, this is a huge area where people get in a lot of trouble and create a lot of friction. And they have an overhanded approach, right? You wrote up driver number two, you've accused driver number two of this. And then later, what you find out is driver number one and driver number two got in an argument. And they haven't been getting along for two weeks. And driver number one made this up because uh, they really yeah. wanted driver number two to get, to get, to, to get, to get upset. Now yeah. you're in a bind. Now you're in a bind because you've written up driver number two. And now you find out driver number one lied to you. And so, you know, what we tell customers when they call us is we say, okay, we hear what you're saying. Take a beat. Take a moment. And then we, we, we map out milestones um, that are objective milestones so that you can get to your conclusion based on the signal driver number one gave you. Everything doesn't have to be so reactive. Take right. a beat can really help. But when you're busy in an organization running without any kind of guidance or support, sometimes that feels just the, you know, the investigation feels like a monumental feat. So you don't do it. Um, you know, our, our goal is to help you take a beat at this point. Right. right. Yeah. The objective observer, right? The, That's right? the person who can look at it and say, okay, let's ask some questions here. Let, let, let's, before we go, it, the difference between reacting and responding is what it comes down to. That's correct. And I, yeah. I think, you know, it, this is we're, we're dealing with as, as business leaders, we're, we're dealing with the livelihoods of other humans. Right. And um, to be reactionary with so much responsibility at our fingertips is really just not responsible leadership. And yeah. I think sometimes we feel like we don't have a choice. You know, I, I, Bambi, we try and give people that choice. You, you don't have to be so reactionary. You can be a responsible business leader. Um, and operate your company really to its fullest potential by treating people the way they should be treated. Yeah, I would think that that would be liberating <laughs> for so many small <laughs> business owners, you know, who don't like to do that stuff anyway. So that's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's really great. Alan, I really appreciate this. I think it gives um, a lot of people the opportunity to look at all of this differently and, and, um, in a more safe sort of way. So thanks for joining me. And will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can learn more about Bambi? Um, first, I am super grateful to be here. It was a really, I, I love talking about this stuff. I've studied now small business HR for a decade and um, the problems I get to work on every day are um, profound and compelling and they fill me and our team with gratitude. So thank you for having me. Sure. Um, and sure, you look, Bambi.com, and that's B-A-M-B-E-E.com. And it's the value proposition is really straightforward. And you go to Bambi.com and you get an HR manager for starting at $99 a month. And that's not a gimmick. That's really what it costs for some of the smallest companies. Um, and that HR manager will set up your HR best practices and make sure people get the training that they need around sexual harassment and workplace policies, set up your HR policies, and act as your kind of your 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 your, your guidance and your ears, um, if you will, for as long as you're in business. So that's Bambi.com. That's really great. And so, and once again, you know, this is also one of these things where, unless the business is an HR business, these are things that the leader most likely 
is not an expert at, does not know, and shouldn't have to go get educated. I mean, you know, it's always trust but verify, and the leader's always ultimately, at the end of the day, responsible for everything, but um, but not to that depth of knowledge. I, I don't think any business owner is going to be able to be as knowledgeable and as effective as someone who is in the industry and is doing it. You know, it's like when you outsource your accounting, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's literally impossible, right? You, yeah. you, like, if you're running a company, you would hire a VP of sales because you want someone who's better at sales than you. You would hire a, an accountant because you want someone who's better at managing your books. You would hire a lawyer because you want right. someone who's better at understanding the law. Um, and somehow, you know, HR has fallen by the wayside. You know, I, I also think yeah. that last nugget here, I think in, a, in an employment dynamic where employees have choice, they, they want to work at companies that know that, you know, where they know that the, the business leaders take this kind of stuff seriously. And I think, you know, gone are the days where you can skip by and hire the best talent um, and expect them not to care about how you're running your internal HR best practices, right? It's just, yeah. it's not smart business anymore. No, you're right. I think that's a really good point. I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. I think that's a very good point. So again, thank you listeners. Thank you. You are who we're doing this for. And this is an absolute topic that deserves uh, real thought and investigation. So go to it. So, thank you, Diane. Thank you. All. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.